This week, I practice my twist serve. And I try to explain how that's not even close to a real thing. I'm Kyle. And I'm Garrett. And we watch anime. Garrett, this episode was important in your journey moving forward. Thank you for, for both of us for cosplaying white tennis players. <laughs> it was not like hard. I opened my closet and I picked a shirt. It was it was like you were already like ready to become a Seigaku regular for the sake of this episode. You know, you hissed your way through your closet and was ready to go. Uh, but this episode is really important. Now, we, uh, this, this anime is from a different time. Uh, it's an old anime, The Prince of Tennis. Um, just to kind of uh, give you a reason why I decided to choose this, because I feel it's important for you to dip your toe into the world of sports anime. Okay. Uh, so before we uh, start, I'm going to give you a brief introduction on what The Prince of Tennis uh, was. Uh, the original run of the uh, manga started in 1999. So this is one of the older animes we cover. Not as old as Cowboy Bebop, but one of the older ones. And the anime wasn't officially made until 2001. And I'm pretty sure you saw the date of it in its animation and its style. But so to begin, yeah. Garrett, tell me what was your initial thoughts um, and your experience with watching The Prince of Tennis? Uh, the guy who wrote the intro loves his guitar solos <laughs> because it's like a minute and a half of like, tennis, prince of tennis, prince of tennis. Um, <laughs> um, I don't want to tell you, man. It's an absurd show. I mean, it, this ran for several years, and I have no idea how they they kept interest in uh, each show essentially has like one pivotal match in it um and and that is just like the crux of it and then anyway okay so let's circle back here prince of tennis you want me to give the rundown yeah give My a rundown of what you learned about right. about the story about the trials and tribulations okay. of ryoma echizen okay so ryoma is a 12 year old uh 12 by tennis the player 12 right he's a child 12. um <laughs> And apparently he is a prodigy and he is, uh, he actually kind of reminded me in our last podcast, we talked about a type of girlfriend archetype called Kurede, uh, mm -hmm. which is sort of like the cool customer. You can't mm -hmm. get a reaction out of them. So yeah. if there was like a male version of that, that's what Ryoma is yeah. because he no sells everything just like, you know, oblivious to the people around him. There's this one girl who's cute and keeps trying to talk to him and he's like, huh? Who are you? I don't remember who you are. And you're like, do you have a brain injury? <laughs> it's for people throwing rackets out of their, his face right. like in the second episode. So he's a prodigy. And in the first episode, it kicks it off. He is in this tournament and he's up against a 16-year-old. Uh, and of course, a 16-year-old is like, who do you think you are? Because if we know anything about anything, a middling 16-year-old tennis player will crush a prodigy 12-year-old <laughs> because the speed and strength is not even close to one another. <laughs> However, this is anime, so who the hell cares? And, <laughs> and so Ryoma beats him, and while he's at this tournament, there's this cute little girl, 
uh, also a little girl, because he's 12. He's 12. Who develops a crush on him and her aunt or her grandma. I can't remember which one. I think it was her aunt, but I think it's like more like a great aunt because she she shows it. She shows it in the gel region of her age. So she she is uh, very much into tennis and wears the sweatsuit of a woman who lives with her friend Linda in the countryside. Her cousins. And and raises (laughs) dogs. Um, But... Their sisters or cousins are, they're not, they're yeah. not lovers at all. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, anyway, so she, uh, she actually is the coach or the head of the local private school or local school's uh, men's and women's tennis program. So she's very much in and around tennis. And she's like, oh, you don't know Rayoma? So uh, the aunt is a very cool character. Um, she's, you know, probably one of the more realistic and grounded people. Um, because when, when guys who are teenagers who play tennis run into Ryoma, they get irrationally mad that he has any talent whatsoever. I would argue that Ryoma is a rare case in sports anime of like an unlikable main character. I would say the entire time there were, cause I've watched this anime all the way through to like season three. Mm -hmm. And I remember thinking there was like at least three episodes where I was rooting for the villain. Like I was rooting for the person to just beat Ryoma. He's not likable. He's not right. a likable character at all. Mm-hmm. He's, as you said, he's, he's dense, but he's also like really rude. Like yeah. he's kind of a stuck up jerk to be, for lack of a better term. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but within that time, yeah. So continue on. Like what, what was his deal? Why, you know? Well, so, so, uh, so Kyle watched up three, four seasons. I watched actually the first six episodes. Right. Because the first three were so absurd. I felt I needed to pull the peels of the onion layer a little bit further back to try and get some more. So essentially Rayoma is the son of an incredibly famous Japanese tennis player Mm -hmm. who was huge in the eighties, but retired at a young age. Like as he was about to enter his prime, he retired and entered a life of seclusion. Um, So there's sort of like this mystical, you know, what could have been who, Mm -hmm. how good could he have been? And um, so you know, Ryoma, no one really knows who he is except the ant. Uh, but it quickly becomes apparent that he's something special. And there's these two re- really creepy journalists that are trying to... What is in- it? There's a magazine that covers young boys and girls tennis. I didn't know that was a thing ever, I, but apparently I, it's a thing in Japan. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. So I, my brother my brother played tennis all the way through college. He was a D1 athlete, and I, I played tennis up until high school. And then Which I is why playing. I picked this particular series, right. was because but you actually have some background in they tennis. They do have, or they did, now it's probably just a website, but there's <laughs> like a billion youth tournaments. So uh, there's some sort of publication that right, covers right. and ranks kids so that their parents can brag and argue about it. Right. Uh, but... But yeah, so uh, people start to realize who he is. And one of the cool things about it was as I got further along, episodes four, five, and six, they start to explore the father's character a little more, which provided some some humor and and some entertainment. But the main thing that every episode ends with some kind of twist, and it's usually the same twist. It's the, oh... The guy he was playing didn't know this. He, okay, no tennis player in history has said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to play it with my non-dominant hand to <laughs> mess with this guy. And, and he does. And 
Yeah, and, and in like the first three episodes, he, he plays as a righty. And then at the end, when they're like, I can still beat you, he goes, that was my weak hand. And they're like, <laughs> oh my God, he was a lefty. Like, what? What? And then he says his signature catchphrase, which is mother, mother, done, which means no, not yet. Or like, you have a long way to go, which from a 12-year-old, you oh, probably want to kick that kid in the face. I know. You're like, you little pissant. I know, right? Uh, like, he's very unlikable but, in my mind. Right. So it was, it was, it was a trip, man. And right. it was, um, I mean, I found parts of it uh, entertaining. And like I said, I kind of really liked his father as a character. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, so when his father went into seclusion, he like went to live at a temple. He's sort of yeah. like living in like a Buddhist temple that has like a tennis court yeah. on it. But he lays around all day looking at ladies nudie magazines. Right. And, and he keeps getting caught with them. And the girls go, what is this smut? And you're like, how is this relevant to anything? <laughs> He's like that verse. He, there was like an archetype of like the guy that's so good that like he doesn't need to do anything but watch porn all day. That's a, that's a, I don't know. Weirdly enough that there's enough characters in anime about that, that I think <laughs> exist that like this, am this amazing character who's so good at something that he decided to take out a porn addiction. Like, <laughs> so I think that's a pretty good summary. And I think for me, when the reason why I wanted you to really dive into this a, because you had, some idea of the sport itself. I know when I watched it, I needed mm -hmm. a little bit of an idea of like the interactions of tennis and maybe throughout the way you could be the expert that explains mm -hmm. things to me. But I think it's a good explanation of uh, sports anime for several reasons. Um, the reason why I personally took it as far as I did and I kind of enjoyed it is this anime as long as other sports anime are very low risk. Right, you can watch something like Future Diary, like we did last mm -hmm. week, and it'll stress you out after one episode because right. it's so disturbing and sad, or like the motions right. are heavy. This one, the, the world is not at risk. The right. world is not at risk. There is the stakes are at very worst, you lose one tournament, and they might have to do it again sometime, or you lose your spot as a regular. But at the end of the day, that's fine. And for someone like mm -hmm. me, as a young kid who really enjoyed anime. I needed those kind of breaks in my day to really just mm -hmm. look at the blue skies that were in the background, you know, right. notice that like, it's always a sunny day in some of these anime, you know, it's always, <laughs> someone's always laying on the grass. Like I always yeah. felt relaxed mm -hmm. watching these kind of things. And so for me, I really appreciated that in general, but. So I want to ask you about this. So, uh, in the first match, the first episode. Yeah. Um, we see Ryoma is sort of like at like an independent youth tournament. Yeah. But after that, we shift to a school and he's right. clearly like new to the school because no one knows who the right. heck he is. And he's going out for the tennis team and it's made aware that he is a seventh grader. Right. And so he's getting hassled by all these older guys, which by the way, they they're 24 year olds easily. Like apparently. They and, and they're like, and they're like. He's an eighth grader. And you're like, right. oh, wait a minute. Like, you, you see Momo for like the first time. You're like, no, that, 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 them MFers is 24. Like, <laughs> this story is small child faces men in their 20s, <laughs> the show. <laughs> because like you watch it, you're like, there's no way that guy is 13. <laughs> and, and he's talking in a voice like this. Yeah, he's like, he's you're like, like what hi, I'm 13. <laughs> I can't wait to be able to drive. And I know that there's tall people and short people, but he's like six six in like everybody. Everybody is like an Abercrombie and Fitch model post college. Right. So and, you know, and, and so when he, 
when he gets there, and I know that this is part of the character, but when he gets there, he gets introduced to this other character called, I think it was uh, Horio. Yeah. And Horio likes to talk a lot of game, but he actually has no skill. But he's like, I have played tennis for two years. Right. I got to be honest with you. If someone came and tried out for the team in seventh grade and they played tennis for two years, they'd be like, great. What about the other 10 years? Like, <laughs> kids who play tennis in high school competitively have been playing since four, right. five years old. Right. Like that. I mean, not all schools. Right. If you don't have a competitive team, then you don't have kids right. that did that. But this school is apparently the best of the best of the best. The best. Of the best. So you're not getting in, bud. Right. You're going to be the, the ball catcher. Thing, well, I think the big thing this also highlights is the idea of club sports in Japan or just clubs in general. Mm -hmm. What you may have noticed about a lot of anime is they're a lot of times set in high school. A right. lot of them are or middle school or the version of middle school. That is that playing to their audience, though? Yeah, I would say. So this is would be in the shonen genre, and shonen means young boy. Mm -hmm. And so it does play the audience. But, like, I think most anime, even their seinen or shonen or whatever, shoujo, a lot of them take place in high school because I guess it's, A, easy to draw. Mm -hmm. B, a lot of everybody's gone through it, so they kind of mm -hmm. can relate to it regardless. And yeah. it's just... It's just a thing, like everybody, and I guess that people like schoolgirl outfits, and it's also like easier to draw people in the same outfit too, I guess. Right. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> Rayoma wears the same polo in every, every friggin' episode, but I suppose that's every animation. Like, ever watched right. Doug? Like, yes. Doug never changed out of his like green sweater vest, <laughs> this green sweater vest and pants. And I think the one thing to note that you should know about like this in terms of Japan is, in Japan, your club is very important, and in fact when you pick one out of school, when you get into school, the mm -hmm. club is the first thing you do. You like, you, you take your classes and you find out what your club is. And that becomes like your second job essentially is to be a student and to do your club. And so for, for a lot of kids, there's, it, there is high stakes to play. Are you, are you trying to create status and social networking? I don't think it's because of that. I think Japan culturally just has a spirit of like, whatever you do, you try to be the best at it. Like whether it be a guy who shines shoes Suckers. or whatever. Yeah, it's it's I think it's Welcome just to the kind of... land of mediocrity, baby. <laughs> so that that's that's kind of something to like note about is that like a lot of anime, if you're seeing like why do they care so much about XYZ sport, it's because your club is like the thing you'll do for the rest of that time mm. of your life. Yeah. And that's what you're gonna be doing. And you're gonna be dedicating yourself, just gonna right after school, you're gonna be putting all your time into that club. Okay. And it doesn't have to be sports either, it can be like debate or math mm -hmm. it's, it's just a big thing there yeah sports more fun yeah sports is more fun to follow so i, I remember by the way i went to one debate club meeting in high school and i guess as like a ninth or tenth grader i didn't understand the concept of debate club right right and i showed up at this random meeting and uh the what used to fly back to san capistrano the swallows Yes, yes. Yeah, or like whatever birds used to fly back to San Capistrano in California. And I walk into this debate club meeting and they're like, all right, guys, we're going to argue whether we should or should not let them return. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> there's, no, there's no background. I have no idea why we're arguing. How, how are we going to let or not let a bird return to San Capistrano? <laughs> but they were just practicing the ability to, to debate anything. To take out a position, yeah. Silly or not. Right, know? yeah. And Clearly I think that's I the thing. It's, it's like the idea of like filling a skill that you're going to hopefully get better at over time and then maybe suss out who's going to be great at it. But yeah, but, but in life, most people who debate well, they're fairly unlikable. Right. <laughs> they're, they're all Ryomas. It's like a group of Ryomas. Yeah. They're all going to end with Mara Maradane and then switch to their left hand for some reason. Yeah. Uh, so 
I want to kind of introduce you also to what are the key components of sports anime. Okay. Usually in a sports anime, mm -hmm. you're kind of following an underdog story. In this case, you're not. But in most cases, you are following someone who is just being introduced to the sport for the first time. Mm -hmm. That is usually, usually followed by the next step of this hero's journey, which is they find out they have one skill that mm -hmm. they are superior in in that sport. Okay. So and and there's no fault of their own. So so Ryoma is good at every skill. So so the, so Ryoma kind of breaks that mold a little bit. But for mm -hmm. like so other sports anime that we can touch on, like Kuroko no Basuke, there's mm -hmm. one guy who is it's, which is a basketball anime. He's good at being unnoticeable, yeah. right? And so he can get around people, and he's really good at passing because of it. It's yeah. Or, or so this another... makes total sense, though, in terms of introducing people to a sport if right. they don't know it. Because the aforementioned character, Horio, while he's a little annoying and yeah. he is essentially there whenever there's like a plot advance that you sort of kind of have to understand how tennis or how yeah. that piece of being at school or whatever would work. All, all the other seventh graders turn to him and he's like, oh, my God, this is important because ABC yeah. one, two, three. And you're like, thanks for that tidy explanation. <laughs> Well, that's the great thing. No, that leads me to my next point about the sports anime. Sports anime, unlike other anime, are spoken exclusively through internal monologues and exterior narrators, which means what usually drives the story. Because, like, you, how do you make something like sports interesting in an animated medium, which has movement and skill? It's things that you can respect. Mm -hmm. And it's usually what they try to do is more like a chess match of the mind. Yeah, and well, the way that. they try to do that is is that the internal monologue is the player going, I'm noticing he's doing that, so I'm going to do this. And it's a battle of who figured the other one out earlier. And tennis lends itself very easily to that because right. it is a one-on-one -on -one sport. Right, exactly. Or a team sport. I could, I'm sure there are team sport anime where well, you just said yeah. there's a basketball one, even though it probably focuses on one guy. But uh, individual sports are more strategic in that it's a chess piece because it's right. one, one v one you right, know exactly is there and a golf uh sports one i wish there was i would love to see if there was one yeah. um there's a cheerleading one there's a figure skating one nope. there is a american football one which is ridiculous and i want to introduce you to it so badly because okay. it's so ridiculous um and this is like i mean honestly from there's one for most sports okay. um if, if not several like basketball and baseball have several sports anime um, in Japan. Yeah. And then with the exterior narrator, there's usually one person who's the washed up version of the main character mm -hmm. who's able to explain, who knows everything that's happening in front of them. Oh, yeah. I know that knew that that was a twister. And let me explain to you. So, so, that is, that, so is, that the, is that the journalist? That's the journalist. That is your Horio character, the, the, the comic relief. Yeah. And it's the coach. Because for mm. some reason, you as the, the person who watches it, reads it, will go... Oh, oh, I see what he's trying to do. And the coach will be like, just you wait. Like, they're the ones to, like, keep your interest and be like, <laughs> I saw something you don't. But check out two or three pages or two, three minutes later when they does this crazy thing. And I saw it coming the whole time. That is mm -hmm. always going to happen in a sports anime. And in tennis, as you said, it's a one-to-one. -one, so it's going to happen a lot. Yeah. The third, uh, uh, the fourth component of a sports anime is usually love stories are non-existent. Mm -hmm. If you had any hope, of him getting in, involved in, with that female character, it's not going to happen. Okay. It's just there to be someone who cares about the character. Yeah. So when they get hurt or they fail or they lose, they're kind of the... We show form. compassion. It gives right. them like a humanity of sorts. They're the person to be the safety net for that character mm -hmm. because 
when they feel like they can't do it anymore, it's good to have a foil that always cares about them, even when they mm-hmm. neg them, like, like Ryoma does with that, with those two girls, apparently. Well, well, and that's another thing, like, so that girl who, like, gets a crush on him, mm-hmm. she shows Ryoma to her girlfriend, and her girlfriend's like, ooh, he's so mm-hmm. hot, I'd be like, bitch, get out of here, that's my <laughs> man, like, get out of here. Yeah, and uh, that, don't, don't that, be thirsty over the dude I showed you. Like I showed you the tennis player. You find your own. Here, there's 24 year old men over there that you can check out. Go I hang did, out. Go I, hang out with Viper. Yeah. Hey, girl. So there, there's this character in the show, <laughs> and he goes by the nickname Viper because he has a shot called the Snake Shot, which is yeah. not dirty in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> But just to really lay on the fact that his thing is snakes and viper, when he's sulking around like he has no spine, he's just yeah. like... Yeah, he always is in like a forward position of his arms, and he's like... <sighs> apparently he's got like a lisp. He's got a lisp that's so bad, apparently, that like he can't help but be like... Seriously, Ryoma, this is tennis, and we're the Segaki regulars. It's so weird. I know, and... <laughs> And then the final component, you know, and Garrett, you're touching really hard, well into the rules of sports anime, mm-hmm. is that, and this is the most important, is sports are usually given a superhero-esque abilities. And that is the last piece that I think is really important because okay. how do you get young boys and girls who read these things or watch these anime into a sport? You make it seem like it's a comic book. And that's mm-hmm. why you will get insane, nonsensical abilities that they're calling out they're like snake shot or dunk smash and like it's there to make the the idea of the sport interesting but it's often like superhuman in their ability to do it and we'll talk more about the shots in general because i really want your take as a tennis yeah, player, yeah. as a former tennis player mm-hmm. but yep. did did any of those like like key components come through when when you were watching it oh yeah absolutely right absolutely i, I so but are you saying that the underlying reason for this is to get kids into sport Mm -hmm. you know it's funny you have to trick kids into sport well how about this you open up the door you throw a ball out the door either your dogs or your kids will go play with it like or they're gonna be the kid that reads anime all day in which case this is the best you're gonna get um like me (laughs) so uh but you you love anime but you loved sports i did love sports i was i was kind of a i was an in-betweener so to speak um, so with the anime that come here and like, this is a really good port. There's a, a American football anime out there called I Shield 21, which I mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. I Shield 21 was a way, was actually sponsored by the NFL huh. to get Japanese kids to understand. So it's, it's priming that fandom. Right. But one day order... you will have disposable income and you will buy a Shannon Sharp jersey with it. And you'll kneel and you'll be like, wait, what am I doing? Like, I don't know what's happening because I'm, <laughs> from, I'm from Japan. But it actually has a, like, a really cool way of like, explaining the game but also making it interesting enough. Like, mm-hmm. They don't just tackle like one guy and they also have like mm-hmm. moves based on their team name like we're going to call like the neptunes like so it's got an ocean theme and so when a guy tries to tackle someone like anchors fly out of his hands and tackle so, the guy so it's like blitz yes it's like except it's they like don't like the arcade they don't game leg drop the guy afterwards like it's got fair game involved 
and it's real like it's realistic to the sport but like yeah. for, the for those power are, aspect. for those who are listening in and watching that missed this by a generation or so they came out with this arcade game which eventually i think went to consoles but it yeah. was called nfl blitz and it was right. it was not full team on team it was a few players versus a few players uh-huh. and it sort of added in like absurd wrestling moves and violence and all that and, right and, you know or like so. throw you know, you could throw 90 yards and not think about it you can like run to the right. other your own end zone and throw right. 90 yards which no it was sort of like it was their answer to nba jam right he's yeah. heating up yes and i think the, but that's a way to get kids into sports is kind of make it seem more fantastical than like the hard work and like exercise that you're gonna have to learn right. to get to it so, so I want you as someone who appreciates tennis, if, yeah. if I was to be someone, if I'm a 12 year old, like Etchie's mm-hmm. in Roma, and this is my first introduction to tennis, okay. how realistic is Prince of the Prince of Tennis to the actual sport? They use the right scoring system. Which first um, off, explain that to me. So let me be the noob in this situation. Why does the score go zero, 15, 30, 40, and then game like and also love is zero like can you explain some of those things because i uh because that's the way it's always been (laughs) it's that's the way it's always been it's shut up about it right i don't actually have answers for you on that there was a time in my life when i knew and i looked it up and why it's called deuce when you're tied uh advantage makes sense yeah but deuce Uh, is weird right it's like the Michael Bay version of it, because like if you remember, uh, I remember watching the uh, the movie Armageddon with uh, Ben Affleck's uh, mm-hmm. a commentary on it, and this is like mm-hmm. a little bit of a tangent, but he goes, there was the scene where where Bruce Willis tries to explain how it's easier to turn drillers into astronauts than astronauts into drillers, and yeah. Ben Affleck went to Michael Bay and said, "Hey, Michael Bay, why is that? Why is it that it's easier to turn drillers into astronauts than it is to turn astronauts into drillers?" And Michael Bay said. F you, that's why. And then he goes on <laughs> stuff. So I never brought it up again. That made me think about that. So it's, I guess, so I guess I got my Michael Bay answer there. Right. And I'm, I'm, someone out there is going to get mad. I, I'm sure there's a legitimate reason that I, <laughs> that I just don't know. Yeah. Um, well, some of the theory that they use is like really interesting. I mean, you know. Do they explain the rules well, like with new concepts, like how a serve works, how, you know, how points are changed and stuff like no, that. No, no, I, I don't think that they do. Uh, so essentially, most most matches are scored. Uh, it, you play at least three sets, best of yeah. three sets. And if yeah. you're in a, a major, you play best of five sets. Right. Uh, I get for the sake of the show and because you're in high school playing one set. And most, like, if I chat, if I walk up on the street and I challenge you, like, no one wants to be there for two hours. <laughs> let's, let's keep it, like, you know, right. abbreviated. Uh, but, you know, some of the stuff really made a lot of sense. Like, when he's, like, playing Viper, he keeps hitting the ball to the baseline, which is the very back line, which, you know, he's using strategy. He's keeping... Uh, so, Viper being older and bigger and stronger, yeah. if he's allowed to get to the net and volley and close in on him, he yeah. can really take advantage of his size against right. against Ryoma. However, if Ryoma keeps him on the baseline back, he's sort of limiting the damage he can do from back there. Right. However, I don't believe that just because he has to squat at the baseline to take the shot that he uses three times as much energy as he would right. otherwise. I've right. never heard that 
that explanation. I feel like they maybe took a lot of liberties with like physics and energy expansion. <laughs> well, so that's so that's another thing. So with a serve, when you watch a tennis match, almost inevitably, the uh, and I'm going to speak specifically to men's tennis because I did not hang out anywhere near as much time yeah. around women's tennis. But the first serve is almost always the power serve. Right. It's that guy is trying to hit a corner in the service box and he's trying to do it with maximum force. Uh, if he gets it in, great. If he doesn't, or he hits the net, there's always a second serve. The second serve will always be slower. Always, right. always, 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 always be slower because it's more controlled because he's, he don't that first one was like a gimme. Like I'm right. going to try and hit it as hard as I can. And the second one has to be, and it always has some level of English on it. Right. So, you know, you're putting a spin on the uh -huh. ball so that when it lands, instead of going straight up at the guy, it spins, you know, right. depending on whether you're righty or lefty, it spins away from the serve. However, somehow through unexplained physics, Ryoma can put the opposite spin on the ball <laughs> which to jam up and hit the player in the face every <laughs> single time. I mean... That first match, it made the first match so violent right so like these guys are playing tennis because one guy was swinging his racket so hard next to a girl's face and mm -hmm. Ryoma did not like it and he was making fun of the guy so they had a match and then the guy didn't like that he was losing so he chucked his racket full oh speed God, in his face. In the face and then he's like oh yeah and then he does like several twist serves that like smack the guy in the face the guy's like no more and i remember like i'm like wow this is a very violent game of tennis uh <laughs> oh my lord um, yeah, and I think that that to me was like it yeah. makes it interesting oh, because it gives it that also, kind of like a, element of like fighting. Also, yeah. Ryoma is the only person on the face of the planet Earth that can hit a ball. That so to give people a little background, when you play in a sanctioned event, there's a judge and yeah. sometimes multiple judges that will call whether a ball is in or out. But a lot of times when you're just playing someone straight up, it's it's an honor system. Right. You know, like if it's on your side and the guy who hit it can't see it, if you think it was out, you call it was out and he has to respect that. Right, right. You know, and if you think it was in, you have to be honest. Right. Of course, in they try and dramatize it in, yeah. in this this to be like this epic, oh, he must respect the call. It's right, like, right. Yeah, okay. So this guy's cheating and he's uh Rayoma's hitting it just a fraction in on the line. Yeah. And the guy's like, It's out. Sorry, yeah. it's not my call. So I almost like, you have much yet to learn. And he <laughs> mother, mother, to hit the ball so that when it hit, when it hits the ground, it stops. It's that doesn't happen. <laughs> that is impossible on a smooth surface with a fuzzy ball. Like even I could be like, there's no way that's possible. I can't imagine it becomes a dreidel somehow randomly. Like. <laughs> In the middle of nowhere, <laughs> especially if it's going forward, like physics does not work yet. Mother, mother, done <laughs> I thought that was so weird as well, and so much so that I created a little game for the two of us, Garrett. Okay, okay. Um, this is called the uh, Kyle lists the wiki Wikia page for moves, uh, tennis moves from the Prince of Tennis, and Garrett has to tell me it's one of three things. Three, not even close to being possible and or functional. Okay. B, it's possible but not functional, meaning like you could do it, but like what's the yeah. point? And right, then the last right. one is you should use it, you should try it, maybe practice it while you're home. So those are your three things. It's, okay. It's basically okay. 
it's not possible at all. This is stupid. It's all anime cartoon nonsense. It's right. or it's you can do it, but don't. And then and then practice it, give it a go. It's okay. actually kind of cool. All right. So the first right. thing, which I think is the least offensive one, because these are all people from the Seigaku mm-hmm. regulars who we'll touch upon in a second. But uh, this is Momo's signature move, which is called the dunk smash. Mm-hmm. Momo Shiro's signature move is to finish off lobs. However, Momo Shiro's dunk smash is different than normal smashes in that he uses the momentum from running to hit the smash through perfect timing by jumping forward instead of the usual jumping backwards to hit a smash, thus making Momo Shiro's dunk smash to be twice as powerful and more effective than a normal smash, meaning he can dunk it so hard, the ball, it's like really, you, like, you see a lobby, you're just like, oh, not in my house. Is that, which one, which category does that fall under? Absolutely stupid logic, but <laughs> but sure, sure. Momo is a big, strong guy. Yeah. And if a ball gets lobbed, which, by the way, no one just hits lobs to you. Here's how a lob gets hit to you. You hit a previously really good shot, yeah. which puts the opposing player usually at a position. Right. So their only hit that they can right. get on it is to put it in the air. Or what I learned probably was that also, like, if someone's playing the net too much, that you want to hit it over the You head. could try and go over them. Right, right. But that wouldn't make sense for Momo, because right. his whole thing is that he runs forward at it. So if he can run forward at a ball behind him, he's looping around the earth in order to... <laughs> in Maybe, order... I would love it if that was, like, the ultimate form, because here's the thing. These moves get even more ridiculous. Imagine right. he's like, he's like, planetary smash! And he, like, runs full speed, circles the earth, like... Like Zell from Final Fantasy VIII and just like dunk smashes it. Here's the deal. Any the move is fine. Yeah. It's totally okay. acceptable. Any great competitive tennis player, if a ball is lofted up and they can get in position, should have a really good smash. Yes, sometimes they overthink it or they're tired and they put it into the net or they put it long, but fine. It's just not like Whereas if you have a special serve, yeah, you can constantly put yourself in a position to use that special serve. Right. For a lob, you need someone to lob something to you. So if right. I'm playing the guy with the dunk smash, I don't lob it to him. <laughs> That's true. So it's so it's a little it's got a little bit of offness to it. Yeah. Um, the second one is Ryoma Echizen's move, which is called the twist serve. Mm-hmm. A serve Ryoma typically performs with his right hand, though he needs to be hit with the opponent's dominant hand. The twist serve is Ryoma's most notable shot. Um, the twist serve is referred to as the kick serve, which is similar to the twist serve, but is considered to be less powerful and easier to perform than the twist serve. In that, that he performs it by, it hits it, the opponents, and instead of bouncing away from the opponent, uh, bounces towards him, and most times in towards their face. Is the twist serve, Garrett, which you see many times, is it po- not possible, improbable, or you should try it? Okay, try and follow me. Right. Because maybe I'm misunderstanding what I'm seeing in anime. You can only, to my knowledge, you can only spin it one way. Yeah. And so if you are serving right-handed and you are serving to a right-handed person, that these, you're only going to spin it away from them on their dominant side. Yeah. That's the only thing you can do. Now, I suppose if you were facing a right-handed person right. and you served it lefty, uh-huh. 
you could put the English on it so that it serves into them. But you but, can't but, intentionally like marionette it to hit the person's face, like is what Roman makes it seem. No, I mean, you can, I've certainly seen people be able to, uh, especially if you have someone taller and yeah. so like the ball's coming from a higher right. angle, they can get it down so that the ball seems to be coming right. up at you, you right. know? Um, but when you're serving right-handed or left-handed, you can only spin it one way. Right. To my knowledge, you cannot spin it the other way because I just don't, Yeah. I don't know how you would, you would, so he would, he would have to like hit it. So like, like he was doing this, like <laughs> to make it work. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how. So, so, so would you, would you qualify that as improbable, probable and try it or not even close? What he does is not possible, but the concept of it is the, the essence of putting a significant amount of twist on a ball to getting it away from opponent is something that happens in almost right. every match. Okay. But okay. but not the angles at which he is able to achieve. Right. I mean, I guess that's why he's Royoma. Yeah, yeah, he's the Prince of Tennis, of course. Yes, he Only royalty can do the twister. <laughs> so this is another uh, one of the Seigaku regulars whose name is Fuji. Mm -hmm. um he's the one with the eyes that are they always have a character that has like these very slit eyes that like don't open past mm -hmm. the, like like so you wait he wears glasses right no that's a different character that's the <laughs> that's... uh we're gonna get into seigaku regulars but <laughs> the uh fuji character is kind of very smart and but he's able to do what's called the disappearing serve it's otherwise known as a cut serve but fuji puts spin on the ball as he drops it this particular underhand serve makes the ball also disappear while not as fast or powerful as most serves, many people are caught off guard by the way the ball abruptly cuts to the left and, in a sense, disappears. So I, I didn't see this. So you telling me someone serves underhand? Yeah. Okay. No. <laughs> look, look at every piece of film and celluloid of tennis since – you know who serves underhand? Uh, picnic volleyball players. <laughs> picnic volleyball players serve underhand. Um, or if you and I go out on the court and maybe we're not very good because we're rusty, or just I'll, say, I'll say, hey, I'll start a volley. And I drop the ball and I hit it over right, to you. Right, right, right. Uh, but apparently, according to this, it's to give it enough English. So you probably – it's to spin the ball as it drops so that it disappears. Um, and it, cuts, it abruptly cuts to the returner's right. As opposed, so that it looks like you can't see it anymore. He can make a magic trick out of. I have never seen an underhand serve, and you could go back to freaking Rod Laver in the fifties and sixties, and you can go back earlier in that. I don't know anyone who serves underhand. You know who else serves underhand? The Hoosiers. In Hoosiers, shoot underhand free throws. But in tennis, <laughs> I've never seen an underhand serve so but like um, is no. it possible to like have you ever been served something that's hit so that's cut at, so at abruptly this, that it disappears from your vision at this point in history don't you think if it if it was feasible and advantage advantageous that someone would have done it probably okay. yeah i mean like look at like submarine pitchers in baseball like yeah. yeah a couple of them get away with it but you know why everyone doesn't do it because it's not the most efficient way yeah. to do it that's true. And I guess if you're doing it slow a serve, someone's going to take advantage of that. So, yeah. So, we're going to call it, put that under the improbable. Yeah. Um, not impossible. 
Yeah. Also, one, it yeah. may disappear, but it's coming at you at a very slow rate of speed. So you have an opportunity to see it again. To dunk smash it. To dunk. Uh, I'm, see, I'm learning, Garrett. <laughs> so the next move is called the Zero Shiki, or Zero Degree Shot. And this is the Captain Tezuka's move. Now, he's able to do a backspin drop shot that once it touches the ground, it rolls back to the net to the amount of backspin and instead of bouncing, make it impossible to return. So essentially, if you're following my hand, Garrett, it goes, so this is the net. It goes over the net, stops, and then just does this. <laughs> so at zero degrees. No. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. Like, you can put a lot of spin on a ball and you can make it do funky things, but you can't stop force. <laughs> it's what? like physics be damned in this, in this animal. Well, so think about golf, right? Like they put a spin on a ball so that they can land it further than a hole on the green. Right. And it, and it pulls back, but there's no like buoyancy to a golf ball. Well, I don't want to say there's no buoyancy, but it's not meant to bounce. Whereas the tennis right. ball is like meant to bounce. It's rubber. Yeah. It's meant to bounce. My, my issue with a lot of these, with even having a special like this yeah. is so much of tennis. Like, yes, it is like playing chess because you're trying to like mentally wear out the other person. Right. But, but also you only have so much time to think before the ball right. comes out. Yeah. You don't have the time to monologue in your head like they can in this anime. Like, yeah. Like, oh man, when I see this, I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna be able to do right. that. And it's like, no, you're like, oh crap, it's coming back again. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying not at all possible to make a ball die and then just die and die and dribble back? Yeah. No, because why wouldn't you hit it every time? Why would you That's hit true. any other shot? That's what I'm thinking. Like, I feel like if that was your thing, there would be no reason to not just do it all the time. Like, oops, yeah. Yeah. I did Try it again. The... <laughs> so the last shot is from our boy Kaido the hither of the Seigaku regulars who can perform the snake shot, which you've actually gotten to see. So yeah. the snake shot is a forehand or backhand shot that has an offset topspin that causes it to curve to the corners of the court, making the opponent run around and lose stamina. This is a done by Kaido shifting his weight from his right leg to his left and swinging his racket upwards while putting a topspin on the ball with centri – I love that he used centrifugal force. Like a humanist has like the ability to have like amazing centrifugal force. And then it makes it go over the net in a crescent moon-shaped fashion. So essentially, if I was to imagine how they present it, it's like it goes wide out and then bounces to the opposite side. And so you're constantly, like, doing shuttles between the side to side. Garrett, is that possible, impossible, or improbable? Decidedly medium. Okay. And here's why. Watch any tennis match. The whole point of a volley is if you can gain control of the volley is to constantly have your opponent running to opposite sides of the court because if yeah. you get them tired, they're going to make a mistake. It's common sense. If you can stand in one place and you can, or relatively close, but you can have them running around and you have to make them use both their forehand and their backhand, uh -huh. it makes perfect sense. Now, will the shot ever look like the end loop at King Daka? Uh, at like Six Flags Great Adventure, <laughs> where it's just like, yeah. I, I, I don't know that it's ever going to look like, like that. Uh, but no, at, well, like, so for example, like we talked about the twist serve, the more realistic twist serve. If you have someone, if I serve right-handed to a right-handed guy, and when it hits the ground, it bounces yeah. away from him. Yeah. 
he has to try and reach for it and get it. This now puts him out of position because he's saving the shot and getting it back over to me. And if I can get it to the other side of the court, he's right. now running all the way over. Maybe he doesn't make it. Right. So it makes perfect sense. But to the dramatic, you know, effect that, that they're doing, like, again, they're just, it's a, it's a cartoon. So maybe right. I should lighten up, <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, it's, so that's, this is the one of the more probable ones. Then, yeah. I would say of all the ones that you said, if we could go back, I don't know if you wrote it down. Right. Uh, Dunk smash is fine. It's just dumb because <laughs> you know, the, the concept of the twist serve, I, I get, you definitely serve things to spin away from people right. if it makes sense, but you can't make it spin both ways. Right. Um, and there's the, the serve that disappears because you, you stupid, stupid, <laughs> the uh, zero degree where it stops and rolls e- back towards the net. Even more dumb. <laughs> and, and then the then, snake shot. And the snake shot is back to like medium. Yeah. Okay, so what you're telling me is that they take creative license with most yeah, of tennis being bit. played. In the- well, they're trying to make it seem like superheroes. Right, exactly. So that gives us to our final thing, which is like the Avengers, the superheroes of the Sagok regulars. These are the people who are the best of the best of all of the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, tennis players in all of Japan. If, if not the world, mm-hmm. who can do superhero? Like if you think about it, can now there's a guy who can make the ball stop on the court without bouncing and yeah. roll backwards, and, and they get they really are. excited because when you become one of them, you get to wear a, like a Harlem Globetrotter jacket. <laughs> like it's true, and you'll wear it all the time. Doesn't matter the weather. Doesn't matter what it is. You will. It's always like watching it. any like movie that like romanticizes like American high school life, and the yeah. guy wearing the varsity letter jacket. Yeah, like, we, we the letterman jacket's one of those things that we make fun of in, in the United States. There, it's like. Oh my God, do you see it? He's got Segaku on his back. That means it's Segaku regular. So the, what's great about the superheroes is that, and it, with the great thing about when you watch sports anime is that they have to make each character interesting. And in order to make each character interesting in any anime, you have to have, especially in shonen anime, one-dimensional character quips. And you mm-hmm. already know about Kaido's, which is he's the snake boy. He likes to hiss when he walks around. He's gruff. Like Which, by the way, it, it kept reminding me. It kept reminding me of um, dodgeball. Yeah, where Global Jim is like, do 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 do. Yeah, that he's he's a part of the the the, the vipers or whatever they're called, the cobras. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so that's his thing. Then we have Momoshiro, who you meet in the second episode. Mm-hmm. He's the like dumb but capable guy who's like. Mm-hmm. He's like so carefree that he doesn't care, but he's so strong. Yeah. And he and he doesn't and he's and he is part of the regulars, but he can't be a starter because he hurt his ankle. So okay. he's gonna has to like bring his way up. And him, him and Kaido are both eighth graders. So mind you, these men, I'm gonna call them men. These 24 year old men are in eighth grade. <laughs> and then there's then the third years or the ninth graders in this school. And the one of them is Fuji, who's the one who's got like the slit eyes and stuff mm-hmm. like that. His thing is that he is, um, he's kind of the character that can do everything. He's like the Swiss army knife of, okay. uh, of, of tennis. And um, then you get to uh, a character that is named Ten- Tezuka, who's the captain. And he's the guy that, um, who doesn't take no lip from no one, as we would say before. <laughs> Um, and he's just the, he's the, he's the, he's kind of more of a coup today than, than Ryoma is mm-hmm. that like, he just doesn't like really give too much of any. And then there's the pair of Kikumaro and Oishi, Oishi being the vice captain. And mm-hmm. they're kind of, their thing is that they're just 
the perfect tandem together. Mm-hmm. Like they, their personalities match. One is like very carefree. The other one's no nonsense. One is the good net player. The other one's the good baseline player. And like they're perfect together okay. as a pair. And then there's finally um, the uh, guy that kind of gets kicked out for Rioma, and he's always constantly trying to get. Um, <gasps> Wait, uh, get Rioma the- makes the team. USOB. Makes- <laughs> you ruined this for me. <laughs> Yeah, and then he kicks out a character who is like the uh, the known uh, Megane character or the glasses character. You know, the guy that's always like this. And like any guy. Oh, who- I'm I'm actually the episode seven. I think is when he he faces off against him because he uh, he's like we're sort of seeing how he's studying up. He's very studious. He has a notebook yes. that he takes down. And yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's the class. He's the classic glasses character that does data on everything. Hmm. Two things from the glasses. Save for metrics. Yes, he's his his his. He has what's called data tennis, which means mm-hmm. he knows exactly where to put a ball with the lowest probability that they can return it, and that is something that he can do with math or something. Like which that. is great because in the, at the end of episode six, after he puts all the data in the computer and he's gonna play Rioma, and he just stares at the computer and goes, "Rioma's chance to win." Zero percent. <laughs> he's like the, he's the classic glasses character of closes laptop and goes as I expected. <laughs> like that's his thing. And another classic thing of the Mega Ne character or the glasses character is when they push their glasses up. There's always a shine to it, so they make them look mm-hmm. diabolical. Right. And there's always people that do that on like Instagram or like where they where they all put up their glasses and their eyes just glow. Like, is is there it. like a laugh? Because generally it's like a. <laughs> yes. He's like usually, a, they usually rest the elbow on the arm and then they push it up. And then the eyeglasses catch the light so much that they look evil. But that character is the one that gets kicked out. Sorry, spoiler alert. Gets kicked out for, for Ryoma. Mm-hmm. And um, he's constantly trying to get back his spot on the, on the, on the regulars. But okay. in this case, just to kind of give you an idea is that like, it tries to introduce tennis. It tries to introduce characters and it tries to make it seem interesting by making everything pretty one dimensional and yeah. trying to give people like, he can't like, it's not so much that Kaido does the snake shot. He's only kind of there to do that thing. He's only there to be the baseline player. Like he doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it's not meant to grow and be a much better at being mm-hmm. an all round tennis player. Like Yoroma might be. And well, like, hey, man, um, look at any high school tennis team across the country, right? Like yeah. there's probably one person who is, significantly better than everybody else and everyone else just has like a role to play right exactly yeah. so that's that is generally what you're going to find with with most anime is that there's the mm-hmm. guy who's very they're, they're one-dimensional they mm-hmm. have almost superhero hero yep. type abilities to their to their play mm-hmm. they have the ability to um to kind of really get good at the one thing and okay. and that's kind of and, and then they get kind of cartoony that's sports so, anime more than anything is where things get cartoony i won't i won't suggest my brother watch this but uh as i mentioned like he played all the way through d1 but he actually yeah. went for a year of high school to tennis high school like he went to the name uh, wait wait was it called tennis high school no it was oh. called uh nick ball it was a uh, boletaries everyone referred to oh. it as boletaries so nick boletary was i think he passed or he's very old right but he was uh, a world famous tennis trainer and like he had agassi very young when agassi right. was like five years old in Las Vegas and like right. beating adults. Um, and he started this camp in Tampa or Bradenton, Bradenton yeah. Florida, yeah. on the West side of Florida. And the elite of the elite would go there. And eventually it, it grew and it grew and it grew. And they actually had like a curriculum there. So like my brother went there for like a half a year or a year. Uh, well, he went two summers there, you know, do summer camps. And then he actually got accepted to 
stay there. And he went through high school classes on a campus. Right. And then every other waking moment of your life was tennis. And he, he always talks about like the amazing characters you had there. Like there was this one kid, he came from practically Italian royalty oh, and really? he would, he would only wear a piece of clothing once. How nice is that? Right. So he would have, and we're talking 1990, 1991 back yeah. then he would wear two, $500 shirts. And wow. then in laundry day, he'd just toss them out in the hallway and all the kids who like didn't have that money were like, <laughs> like, like trying to get like the, the cool shirts. But there, there's, I'm sure he ran into yeah. people that while they didn't hiss while they played tennis, yeah. there were probably some really interesting characters. I bet if he was an animated character, he'd be named Cannoli Spagnoli, and he'd be walking around the corner going, nah, 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 <laughs> and he'd be eating spaghetti as he walks around, and yeah. his moves are called like the meatball shot, and like it'd be a. <laughs> Like I'm seeing this happen. He's going to be in the future seasons of Prince of Tennis, um, which is done by the way. This is a, a non-ongoing anime, so it yeah, but it lasted movie. like five or six. It years, does, and has several movies too, which is something that people people like this property there's no enough. Reason. There's no reason. <laughs> so what we're going to do, as we always end our episodes with, is mm-hmm. we're going to give this a weave and a noob score. The weave score, once again, okay. is for people. If this is your first time watching, is mm-hmm. what is this in terms of your total content submission? Is this important for you to watch? Mm-hmm as part of your digest okay. or can you kind of put it away for a noob? It's like, is there a lot of barriers to entry? Is it really hard to watch? Is it something that mm-hmm. doesn't really like spark yep. the interest for a newcomer? So okay. for me, I would give this uh, a 6.5 because I think for me, when I first watched it, when I was younger, it had more value than it does now. Mm-hmm. But at the same time it does. And I also didn't play tennis. It didn't make something of a, of a topic that I thought was kind of hoity toity and for mm-hmm. rich people more interesting it gave it a little bit of spice the characters mm-hmm. were interesting it's a little dated now okay uh, the, you know and also like it's relaxing like at yeah. the very least it's a relaxing anime for you if you want to take a break from the really heavy stuff that you might watch mm-hmm. why not take a few episodes it's on you know it's on hulu so give it a shot so i give yeah. it a 6.5 what do you give it garrett i will be a hair more generous than you okay i will give it a seven and honestly it popped up a full point after you explained the goals right. of a sports anime, oh, good. introducing good. people to sports that might not otherwise be a part of sports, really teaching the sport. Because for me, like who played tennis and enjoyed tennis, this is dry subject matter. Right. So right. I have no idea who would watch this show. Right. But I can appreciate it now more than you mentioned it. I also, I won't hold its datedness. Well, nothing about it has like, we watched uh, a show the other day that had cell phones in it, but it was flip phones because, yes. you know, so yeah. now I know they're trying to bring flip phones back. But the point is, is that's truly dated to me. I'm not going to yeah. rag on its animation because right. it was a product, product of its time. Oh, 90, do, yeah, think about 2001. They do this that. one weird animation trick. With the, sick, I, with the nine squares? It's yes! <laughs> yes! Where, like, they take the court and the middle court yeah. overlays differently. Yeah. I don't know what they were, what effect they were I going think that for. was, we learned a new program on our computer. <laughs> like, like, used... like in Star Wars when they did, like, swipes. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's George like, Lucas learned how to do a swipe. They, they found, like, some way of getting, like, a, a Windows 99 screensaver to, to work over their anime. And they just kind of kept doing it every day. So that's the way I look at it. And I'm with you. But it was, as I said, it was 2001. Mm-hmm. The music, I say what makes it dated is that it's like, 
Yeah, it's like a lot of guitars. Like if you told me that the lead character was a roller skating kangaroo who <laughs> wore a backwards baseball cap, I would have believed you. It was very 90s. So, so yeah, so 6.5. Yomo checks in. <laughs> Mata Mata Dona as he bounces on his tail. Um, so, <laughs> so, honestly, so it's actually, I thought you were going to give it a little bit harsher grade, but that, that means it's, mm-hmm. it's good. Before we end, what is the barrier to entry? What is the hardest thing that you think for a new anime person that they have to kind of just get over to enjoy it maybe more? Well, I mean, I think the, the, the topic in itself. Now, keep in mind, when I'm giving my scores, I think my scores are always going to be a little, unless I really loathe something. Right. For the first six months that we do this, I'm guessing my scores are going to be a little higher because right. I'm going to be a little more forgiving because it's going to be the first time I'm seeing a lot of right, things. Right, right. So you can get down on something like when we spoke in the last episode about girlfriend archetypes, about <laughs> like crotch to the face humor. Yeah. You've seen it in 70 anime. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it in one and it was funny. Yeah. In yeah. the one. By the yeah. time I get jaded, I'm oh, yeah. sure I'll start to take <laughs> negative points away. Yeah. Um, I would say that the barriers for entry for this are uh, subject matter. Yeah. And an entirely, you are right, he is an entirely unlikable lead character. Right. And, you know, the more I think about it, and sometimes I try and form an opinion, but when we come here and we actually hash it out, it sort of changes in my head how I right, feel about right, it. Right. I think I really did. I mean, I watched six episodes. Everything you've given me, you're like, watch three or four episodes. And I watched six here, and I did watch more because it's it's got a little less flavor. It's mm-hmm. a little more like, okay, it's like on TV. Board, you can just keep yeah, popping it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but because I do like tennis. Yeah. So if, if I didn't have an interest at all, you know, I kept wanting to see the stupid thing they do and go, oh. Yeah. How, 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 you know. Right, right. But uh, if you have no interest uh, in tennis, <laughs> maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, and a terrible human being of a protagonist. Yes. So as we close out an ep- another episode, I legitimately want to hear your thoughts out there. What did you think about Prince of Tennis? Was this the one that introduced you to the idea of sports anime? Did it make you interested in tennis? Is, it so, is there other anime that you want us to bring up in future episodes that are even better examples of what a sports anime is all about? We want to make sure that this conversation keeps going because ultimately, once again, much like a new person here would be, we want you to have a better language in terms of how to understand and appreciate this, this great medium. So let us know what you think below. But any final thoughts before we end, Garrett? Nope, just that physics don't exist. (laughs) With that being said, and we now live in the hellscape that is the physics of the world of of the Prince of Tennis, we wish you a happy, happy day, and uh, see you later. Peace out, y'all. まだまだだね。<笑>